Hi guys, welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I am Jennifer and this is episode 102. Update. I feel like I'm in limbo. <laughs> I feel like like it's Groundhog's Day, you know, where it's interview, rejection, repeat. Just over and over and over. Oh. Oh. I know I still have a few more weeks to decide on what I'm going to do as far as my apartment, but man, I am starting to feel the stress of it or continuing to feel (laughs) the stress of it. And I just keep trying to tell myself, you know, okay, just, just keep going, just keep going. Something's going to, going to, something's going to break this cycle, right? I'm going to get an offer. Something is going to come through because something always does. I've been through this cycle before. I know what it's like. You have to do, you know, so many interviews and go through this entire process, but eventually one of them comes through and it only takes one, right? I, I, you know, I, I keep getting contacted on like LinkedIn and which I hate LinkedIn, but I, you know, it's one of those necessary evils. Um, but I'm getting contacts on, on LinkedIn and through Indeed, and, and they're reaching out to me like these uh, uh, staffing agencies, you know. Um, oddly, I keep getting offers for jobs in my hometown, which I haven't lived there in almost six years now, so <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like, are you looking at my profile? Because it clearly says Jacksonville, Florida. I am. It doesn't instill a lot of confidence in my, you know, how I think your ability as a a recruiter is. But um, yeah, so but I keep getting offers, you know, that are reaching out to me um, with with different jobs because they see my resume. You know, it's out there posted on on all the job boards, you know, whatever. And um, I've gotten three of them, I think three three or four, the salaries are so low, you know, and, and so I have to say no to them. And, um, just today, as a matter of fact, I had, um, a guy reach out to me from one of these agencies. Um, he said, you know, I saw your resume on LinkedIn. I know you're looking for a position. Um, I read through your qualifications. I think you'd be a great fit. Let's schedule an interview. I said, okay. And he sent me like a calendar invite. So I, I picked a date and a time. And, um, which she was said, great, looking forward to speaking with you. I'm very, I'm really excited. Um, but just, you know, to get a, a better picture of what are your salary requirements? And I told him and he came back with an offer that was like half what I'm currently making as like a serious offer I was like, I, I really, I appreciate you reaching out to me, but I'm sorry, I can't take a job that low. And instead of responding with, you know, oh, I understand, or, you know, I'll keep looking now that I know your salary requirements, blah, 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 blah. No, instead what I got was an immediate email with a cancellation for our interview. 
No explanation. Just, Zach has canceled your meeting. (laughs) Okay, Zach. Well, good luck. (laughs) And... You know, I the as far as the the housing thing, I, I I've been looking, you know, around Jacksonville just in case, you know, I I need to move. And it's not any more affordable anywhere else, right? Like all of the rents have gone up in the last two years, not just you know where I'm currently living. And I I remember the last time I was looking two years ago. There was a place um, that I really, really liked, uh, uh, a development of apartments that I really liked. And it just happens to be very close to where I'm currently working. And at the time, I did go look, but they didn't have any availability, you know, in the time frame that, that, in, that I needed to move in. But the other day, I remembered it. And I was like, hey, what about those apartments over by work? I remember I really like them. I pull them up. Yeah, those rents have gone up too, like a third of what they were two years ago, 33% higher of what they were two years ago, which means I can't afford those either. So, I mean, you know, until I get a job offer, you know, I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to where I'm going to live because, you know, my, my my landlord is raising the rent because property values have gone up. And because property values have gone up, all the rents have gone up, you know, uh, with the exception of some very sketchy neighborhoods, which I'm not going to be moving to. So, ugh. I know. I just have to hold on. I have to have faith. I know something will come through. (laughs) It's just the waiting. That's the hard part. TV podcast recommendations. I am reluctantly going to recommend this one. Not because it isn't good. It is so far. But I have been burned before. I watched the first four episodes of a new show, you know, and I'll, I'll fall in love with it. And I'll, I'll think, oh, this is so good. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. And then I get to like the end and it just is terrible, right? Complete letdown. Like, remember when I raved about Shining Veil? I loved that show, but the ending, like, seriously, this ending was just bad. I mean, is there anything worse than investing your time in a show or a movie only to be let down by the end? I call this the vanilla sky effect. Tom Cruise still owes me two hours and 17 minutes. So with that being said, I am tentatively recommending Surface on Apple TV. Now, I'm only four episodes in. Uh, There will be a total of eight Halfway point, so far so good. It's about a woman named Sophia who has lost her memory due to a traumatic brain injury she received when she fell from a boat. It is at first told to Sophia that the fall was believed to be a suicide attempt. But as pieces of her memory start to come back, it looks more like an attempted homicide. Gugu Mbada Ra plays Sophia. 
and it's produced by Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine. It's good, again, so far. There's a lot of twists and turns. No one really seems to be who they say they are, but it's it's not confusing. You know, it's easy to follow, but so far, fingers crossed, it finishes strong. I'll let you know. A show that I am not at all reluctant to recommend is Couples Therapy on Showtime. This is so, so good. It, it, it's, it's like the best of reality TV. It's reality TV without the obviously scripted drama. I am, I am fascinated by this kind of stuff, mostly because I'm nosy. And it's like being a fly on a wall, you know, doing a therapy session. But I also learn a lot about, you know, why we do what we do. There's three seasons out currently. About 10, I think 10 episodes per season, each episode about 30 minutes long. I binged the first two seasons over the weekend while I was sick and stuck on the couch. More on that later. There's a lot of things that the couples talk about that I could relate to. And and some of it, you know, it it hit, hit a nerve from time to time. You guys know I'm a big advocate of therapy. I think everyone should go at least once because we all have something that we struggle with. And if you haven't been to therapy, you should know that seeing a therapist is a lot like seeing a dentist. You know, usually you wait until the pain is unbearable and the process is not pleasant, but eventually you'll feel better than you did when you first got there. All right, guys, now that you're all caught up by my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So... I mentioned earlier that I was sick over the weekend. It wasn't COVID, thank God. But I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like a virus or possibly food poisoning. I don't know. But somewhere early, sometime early Saturday evening, I, and I'm going to get gross here, started throwing up and I did not stop until Sunday morning. Constant. Just, it was, I, I can't, it has been years since I was that sick. There is almost nothing in this world that I hate more than throwing up. It is such a violent experience for your body. I, I absolutely hate it. And this was bad. I, like I said, I'm not sure if I caught a bug, if I ate something I shouldn't have. I know that I, um, I, on Friday when I was shopping, I bought some strawberries. I ate a few of them Friday night, like, I don't know, three, four of them, something like that. Then Saturday morning, I woke up and I was going to make some um, strawberry muffins. But when I was washing them, I, as I started to go through them, I noticed that there were some in there that were bad. And then the more I, I washed, the more I saw, I ended up having to throw the whole carton away. And I don't know if that's what did it. I have no idea, but it was so, so bad. I, I mean... 
I, 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 you know, like your body continues to want to do something even when there's nothing left for it to do. Do you know what I mean? And, and I was getting like stomach spasms and back spasms so bad because there was literally nothing left in my stomach. And at some point, I, I even, I, I didn't even try to get back into bed because I wouldn't be in bed for five minutes before, you know, the wave would hit again and I would, I would have to, you know, like rush back in, into the bathroom. And at some point I just kind of gave up and I like pulled my, um, my robe down off the closet door and just threw it on the floor in the hallway outside my bathroom and just laid down and waited for like the next wave to hit. And, you know, I would be like kind of lying there and I, you know, kind of just start to nod off out of pure exhaustion. And then immediately, you know, your body alerts you that something bad's about to happen and you're instantly awake and you go into the bathroom. And I was on the floor and I was thinking, you know, when, when I started having the stomach cramps, I started thinking, oh God, I, I might need to go to urgent care because I think that the stomach cramps, I hope that this doesn't mean that I'm getting dehydrated. But I knew that even though urgent care is like, it's a couple of blocks away, it's, it's, it's less than two miles from my house, I would never have been able to drive myself there. I was so weak, I couldn't even, I was afraid to go down the stairs to get water. You know, like I, I was drinking tap water, which is way worse than it sounds <laughs> down in Florida, trust me. And so I knew I couldn't like get in the car and drive myself to urgent care. And I was just laying on the floor and I was like just begging God, please, please, there's, no, there's nothing left. Please let it be over. Please let that be the last time. And then I would get another wave. And I thought, this is why, this is why people get into or, or stay in relationships so that when this kind of things happen, you're, you're not alone wondering, <laughs> how am I going to get to urgent care when I can't even get myself a glass of water? And, you know, I just started thinking of like, you know, this desperate thinking where your mind goes in desperate times. And I started thinking of like all of the things I could have or should have done differently. And, and more importantly, what I will do differently if I could ever just please God stop throwing up. And so then came the bargaining phase where I started to think of all the things that I was going to do differently. Like I, I, I was not going to be in this position again, like literally or figuratively, right? I, I, I was going to try harder. I was going to be better at putting myself out there. I was going back on the apps. I would change my parameters because clearly they're unrealistic and unattainable. 
I was going to fully commit and do whatever I needed to do. I did not care. I was never going to be this sick and alone again. As I was sort of drifting in and out of sleep, I was coming up with, with new ways to get myself a partner. Yeah, I, I, I went to some dark and, and desperate places, as you do. And I started to beat myself up over choices that I've made and, and how, you know, I, I, I could do, I could have done things differently or, or been more accepting of certain things, you know, and I, if I had just done that, I wouldn't be in this position now, you know, it's my fault. I deserve to be here on the bathroom floor alone. And the next day, I wasn't completely better, but the worst was over. And at some point, I could at least take a shower and get myself to the couch. I still didn't trust myself to eat because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to keep it down. But I was able to go into the kitchen every couple of hours and fill up my water bowl. And at some point, once I started to feel a little bit better, you know, once the crisis was over, I remembered all of my desperate pleading and thoughts from the night before. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of started laughing, you know, like, what the hell is wrong with me? Getting into a relationship so that I have someone to take me to urgent care if I need it is not a justifiable reason to get into a relationship. I don't need a boyfriend for that. That's what Uber is for. Although, you know, that wouldn't exactly have been a pleasant ride for either of us. But I was doing all that bargaining with myself, you know, God, the universe, anyone who would listen. It wasn't rational. It wasn't me coming up with a plan to make positive changes in my life. It was me scared, alone, and desperate. Most of the time, the two sides of our brains, you know, the, the, the emotional side and the logical side, they work together whenever we need to make a decision. You know, we, we weigh our options from all angles. But sometimes our emotions can take over and this can lead to some bad outcomes. It doesn't have to be pain or desperation that leads you to making emotional choices. There's a reason that casinos use bright lights and loud bells. They get you excited, you know, like... Oh, listen to all those people winning. I might be next. Which could then lead you to taking more chances or spending more money than you had originally intended. When you're excited about something, you're less likely to consider the risk. But usually, when you're making decisions based on emotions, it's things like anxiety, fear, sadness, even anger. And the more I thought about it, I don't think... I don't think all of my emotional bargaining was about just being sick and alone. I think a lot of it had to do with how uncertain things are in my life right now, you know, with, with work and, and my apartment. And, and I think that those things would be easier if I was sharing these decisions with someone else. The other day, I was complaining to JJ, you know, just about all of this, everything, you know. And he said, how can I help? And I responded with, find me a job and a place to live in Tennessee. <laughs> I was only half joking. 
The anxiety I'm feeling about my apartment is sort of bleeding over onto other areas of my life and it's making it difficult to make any decisions at all. I said earlier that I feel like I'm in limbo and I am because I feel as if so much of this is out of my hands. Another powerful motivator, you know, when we're making emotional decisions is sadness. When I was blaming myself and my, you know, for my choices, you know, and, and, and those being the reason why I'm alone, that was when I started to think my dating standards were too high, you know, like, who did I think I was anyway? What made me so special as to think that I deserved better than what I've always gotten? Isn't it true that you get what you give? What made what I had to give so much more valuable? Research shows that when you are sad, you value yourself less. In one study, researchers asked participants to sell various objects. Participants who admitted to feeling sad set their prices lower than the other participants. Researchers suspected that the participants' sadness led them to set their bar low in the hopes that achieving their goal would improve their mood. Making decisions based on our emotions, it's not always a bad thing. Like if if you suddenly get a feeling that you're in danger, making a quick decision to run is a good idea. Or how many times have you made a decision because something gave you a bad feeling, you know, you, you felt it in your gut and you listened to it and that's good because your gut is your intuition. It's your subconscious picking up on something that, you know, maybe you are not consciously aware of, but it's enough for you to take a pause and change direction. Emotional decisions can sometimes also be instinctual, which means you're making them fast. And in a life and death situation, that's good because you can't spend time like weighing pros and cons. And this is true on the other end of the spectrum, too. You know, like if you if you have a choice with little consequence, like no one should be spending hours trying to decide between coffee or tea. Or. Decisions can be made out of compassion, especially if the decision you're working on will affect others. Those are good examples of making decisions based on emotion. But we've all done the opposite, right? Made an impulsive decision based on whatever we were feeling in the moment, only to regret it once that feeling had passed. Speaking of, did everyone get to see Will Smith's apology video? There's a lot of opinions on whether the apology is sincere or if it will help restore his reputation. I have no idea about either of those things, but I can't imagine how difficult it must have been to make that video, to swallow your pride, admit your failings, and to do it in such a public way. Apologizing after you've acted impulsively based on your feelings is the worst Because as soon as the feelings settle and you look back, you know you were wrong. And if that's not bad enough, you now have to admit you were wrong to whoever it was you hurt because of your rash behavior. Which, (laughs) sorry, this is, I just had kind of a light bulb. (laughs) 
I just had kind of a light bulb moment right now as I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's exactly what my father used to do. You know, like <laughs> I would come to him with something, but whatever it was, you know, some, something I did, something that happened, whatever it was. And as I would try to talk to him about it and, and, and suddenly he would just express like these big, angry emotions about it. Yeah, that's BS. You need to do this. You need to do that. You don't put up with, and he would be yelling at me and I would get really upset. And this was every time, right? He, he would get angry. He'd start yelling. I'd get upset because he was yelling at me over something that I did not feel I needed to be yelled at over. And so then I would storm off and go to my bedroom. Little while later, you know, 15 minutes, half an hour, I'd hear a knock at my bedroom door and it would be dad saying, you know, can I come in? And he would come in. And the first thing he'd say is, I'm sorry, I started to yell. You know, I'm a yeller. That's what I do. I react first, but I'm done yelling now. Let's talk about it. And we would. And I actually, up until about four minutes ago, <laughs> thought that this was a healthy thing. Because even though I knew his first reaction wasn't great, the fact that he could kind of see that what he did was wrong and so quickly kind of reverse course and come and apologize and calmly we would sit and talk. I thought that was healthy. I did not, up until about four minutes ago, realize how incredibly emotionally manipulative that was. I was coming to him with a problem, with an issue. And I'd get yelled at for it. I think the trust there was good. And then I married someone who did the exact same thing. <laughs> oh, God. 51 years old and I'm making that connection for the first time. That is so messed up. So much of my behaviors today, so much of what I do is all about not upsetting someone because I'm so afraid they're going to yell at me and I don't want to get yelled at. So I don't, I don't say the thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not honest with what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. Someone asked me how I am. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I am great. I'm not going to tell you I'm struggling with something because I don't trust that you will be compassionate first and not angry. <laughs> holy, oh, holy cow. I think I just had, I think I just had a little bit of a breakthrough there. <laughs> Oh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This podcast is my therapy. Okay, where was I? 
So mo- emotional decision, you know, it, it, it's not all behavioral. There, there is actually a biological need for it as well. According to Dr. Antonio Damasio, emotional response is the only way that an organism survives in a fluctuating environment. He uses the example of walking into your bedroom and seeing your favorite book ripped open with pages torn out of it. And your first reaction is actually physical. Your pupils dilate, your, your respirations and heart rate increase. And then you experience the emotion of anger. Now, at this point, acting on your emotions, you know, whatever you say or do, it's going to seem reasonable and justified, right? Like you're angry. You're angry that someone did this to your favorite book and they are going to pay for what they did. It's not until you've calmed down and you can look back that, you know, if you have a big overreaction, then you might look back and say, okay, that was an overreaction. It's just a book. But you weren't thinking in that moment. You were feeling and then reacting based on that feeling. According to Dr. Damasio, emotion is the ability to overpower our sentence and functions. When this happens, we're prone to making poor choices. People make different choices based on whatever they're feeling at the time. You know, feeling angry might mean they take bigger risks, while fear has the opposite effect and can cause you to, you know, be less risky in your choices. And we all know what happens when we're feeling desperate. There have been many studies done showing the effects of decision-making, stress, and addiction. Because it can be harder to control your impulses when you're feeling stressed, which is why you might be more willing to do self-destructive things when you're stressed, you know, like, like you might overindulge with food, alcohol, or drugs, or, or impulsive spending. We've all done it. You know, we, we've all made decisions based more on feelings than facts and lived to regret it. Now, I admit at times I can be a pretty emotional person. I've made decisions based more on what I'm feeling or what my gut is telling me. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. I think the choices that I've made out of anger or sadness, those are the ones that I usually come to regret. And the other night in the hallway outside of my bathroom, that was probably not, you know, I was probably not in the right mental or emotional state, you know, to be sorting out why I'm alone. I was sick and scared, worried that if I got much worse, I was going to be in real trouble. And, you know, I even started to worry about who would take care of Oliver. You know, I'm making a mental note to add must love cats to my updated dating profile. The next day, looking back on how I behaved, it was embarrassing. And I laughed thinking about how desperate a person can become when it's just them and their bathroom. And all I could think was, thank God I was too sick in that moment to actually follow through on any of those ridiculous decisions I was making. 
And I started to look at other times in my life when impulse decisions have come back to bite me. And I wanted to see if Google had any helpful tips on how to break the pattern, you know? Like, okay, we know what causes it, but now how do I, how do I stop? <laughs> and I found this parable from Buddha. And it says that Buddha was walking with his disciples one day and he got thirsty. So he sent one of them to get him some water from the river. When the disciple got to the water, he noticed that the waters had been recently disturbed, which caused the water to be very muddy. The disciple went back to Buddha and told him that he wasn't able to get him any water, you know, and explained about the mud. After about an hour, Buddha asked the same disciple to go back and get some water. The disciple went, and while the water had cleared a little bit, it was still too muddy to drink. Went back to Buddha gave him an update, said it was still too muddy. Buddha said, that's okay, we'll wait. Another hour later, Buddha sent the disciple back to the river, and by this time, the mud had completely settled, and the water was clear and clean to drink. And so the disciple scoops him up and, and brought it to Buddha. Before Buddha drank it, he looked at the water, and then he looked at his disciple and said, see what you did to make the water clean? You let it be, and the mud settled on its own, and you eventually got clean water. Your mind is just like that. When it's disturbed, just let it be. Give it a little time, it'll settle down on its own. You don't have to put any effort to calm it down. It'll happen. It's effortless. The best way to react in an emotional situation is to not react. What seems rational during that moment will seem different a few hours later. The goal is not to make better decisions when emotional, but to develop an awareness of our emotional state and control our reactions in the moment. Wait for the physical symptoms to subside and for your mind to clear. And then try weighing the pros and cons of your decision and see what you come up with. To make better balanced choices, acknowledge your emotions. Pay attention to the way you're feeling and recognize how those emotions may be affecting your actions. So, now that I'm feeling better, how do I feel about being alone? I'll let you know when the waters settle. All right, guys. I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 102. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast, and like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, and then tell them to listen. The second part, that's the important part. Spotify listeners, leave a review, five stars only, please. If you have questions topic suggestions, you can email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.